Welcome to this bonus episode of Make the Shift, the podcast that helps you work better beyond the nine to five. In this episode, we chat to Associate Professor Nikki Ridges at Deakin University in Melbourne, who's currently researching the effects of your activity levels and how you can make sure you're getting the right level of activity and exercise around your shift work. She has some really interesting things to say, especially if you're a shift worker who spends all their shift on their feet. You might not be getting the benefits from that activity that you originally thought. My name's Nikki Ridges. I'm an associate professor at Deakin University based in Burwood in Melbourne. And my research largely focuses on understanding how people are active across the day. So I'm really interested in these short bursts of activity that people do and whether that's important for their health moving forwards. How did you get involved in this field? I did um, exercise science at university and then I had an opportunity to do a PhD looking at how active children are during school recess. And that really sparked that love of really how does physical activity contribute to people's health and well-being. So I ended up moving to Australia on a fellowship and really progressing the, the work around activity patterns. Activity patterns is how people accumulate their activity across the day. And as I mentioned, it, that looks at is it important for people's health? So it's really thinking about how can we encourage people to be active to benefit their health? And all the research that I do is trying to understand what people do to inform the interventions, which then hopefully will have that larger scale impact in policy and practice. And what was it that lit the fire for you? Was there something that really drew you to the work? In terms of the the shift work, we had a, a student who's, who's now finished, uh, Dr. Stephanie Chappell, who was looking at the uh, physical activity levels of emergency nurses during work time. And we, we did a number of initial studies and a review of the literature. And what we were seeing was the evidence is showing that nurses are physically active at work, which greatly exceeded the recommended activity levels. We had an emergency nurse who was a supervisor on the panel, and she was talking about the issues that that has in relation to nurses and shift workers' physical activity and impacts on their actual health. So we were seeing what's been termed in the literature as this physical activity paradox, where that people who are engaging in high occupational activity may not necessarily be getting the benefits of the physical activity they're engaging in. We tried to look at that in more detail and try to understand what might be actually happening. So what we're seeing in terms of what people do at work and what people do outside of work, it, it, it seems that what they do at work may not necessarily have the protective mechanisms that we see for people who do you know, physical activity and exercise in their leisure time, particularly those who are engaging in high occupational activity. So yeah, factory shift floors, people who are on their feet all day. That's insane. That's cool. We're going to come back to that. But first, I do want to make sure that we address the healthy levels of physical activity and how that contributes to our overall health. Can you talk about the influence of physical activity on our health? So in terms of physical activity, the guidelines for adults are that we should engage in approximately 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity activity, which is going for a brisk walk, for example, or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. So that's your running, your huff and puff activity or a combination of the two. And there should be at least two days a week where you do muscle strengthening activities. So that could be lifting heavy objects in the garden. It could be doing squats, lunges. And the research is showing that if you engage in those levels of physical activity, there are a multitude of benefits. If physical activity was the, the pill that would help improve health, everybody would be taking it. If you think about when you're physically active, it can reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, your risk of type 2 diabetes. It improves your weight management. It can really benefit your product activity, your mood, your mental health and well-being. It can increase your life expectancy. So there's a multitude of benefits for engaging in physical activity every day. 
or, or as often as you can. Well, we know that people who's, who spend too much time sitting can have increased risk of, of cardiovascular disease, increased risk of type 2 diabetes. There's a, a risk of increased weight gain. And in terms of fitness and endurance activities, we see decreases um, in, in those parameters. And we, we've also seen research that's showing that a lack of activity can impact on the gray matter in the brain. So it reduces your ability to retain information. I suppose a lot of people would hold it in their heads that it's just about getting fat. <laughs> but I suppose you're saying is that it's not just about the weight gain and all that stuff. There are other really deep effects of, of not getting that physical activity. Yeah, it's important to be physically active. And the recommendations do talk to the fact that some is better than none and more is better than some. It's a really, really simple message. So let's talk a little bit about our shift workers. You mentioned before that looking at activity levels across the day is really important. For our shift workers, in terms of when we exercise, is there a benefit to exercising at a particular time across the day or is it just sort of whenever you can get it in? It, it certainly is a challenge. And as I mentioned, Dr. Stephanie Chappell looked at, at this. So she looked at these bi, what we call bi-directional relationships. So I, if, if you're physically active before work, what happens at work? And if you're active at work, what happens after work? And what she showed with the emergency nurses in her study of those who were physically active before they went to work, their activity levels are actually lower across the day when they were at work. So it suggested that there may be some level of impact of the physical activity, the free living activity impacting on what they did at work, but also the flip side that those who were highly active during their shift, they were engaging in less activity when they left their shift. So part of that could be because what we call compensating, when they're physically active at work, they may reduce their, their activity after work, but they may not also they may not also reduce their activity because of that uh, activity of daily living. So if you, if you go home, you've got family members to feed and get out the door for school, or you've got chores to do before you go to sleep. So there's the, the scheduling of the day can really impact on when shift workers are trying to be active and to engage in that activity. I think a, a lot of people can identify with the fact that if they are active in the morning, it's, it might make a bit of a difference to the level of activity that they do at work and same with the, the level of activity that they do once they're home again. Do you think it is kind of that compensating of I get to work and I feel energized by doing my level of physical activity versus coming home and decompressing and go, oh, now I, I have to go out and do more exercise? I think there's probably an element of both of those. So if you've been on your feet all day, the last thing you want to do is be on your feet again. And when you're physically active, you can feel tired, you can feel sore, you can get a sense of just, I don't want to do any more activity. But there's obviously things that have to happen as well for daily living, which may result in, in, in some levels of activity. The challenge is trying to schedule those activity that, that can be beneficial for your, I mean, lots of activity will be beneficial for your health, but thinking about scheduling those times for you to be active either before work or after work, that's going to be the challenge. The biggest impact on people's ability to be active is this time constraint. It's often considered as a barrier. Trying to address that is going to be, a ch and it's even more of a challenge for shift workers. Now, if you think of a shift worker who may work later into the evening, when they when they leave work, it may be dark. There may not be the environment that, that's around where they live or where they work may not be able to facilitate safe physical activity. So, for example, lighting, footpaths. They may not be able to access the gyms where they want to. I mean, obviously, 24-hour gyms provide that that level of access now, but in the past, that that access was actually restricted. So, the the opportunities for physical activity may be reduced under the, under those types of circumstances. I really want to pick up on this physical activity 
productivity paradox that you spoke about, because that to me blows my mind, right? The idea that if you go and you spend eight hours, nine hours in a in a shift on your feet like a nurse would, that that kind of somehow doesn't count. <laughs> Talk to me a, a little bit about that, because that seems really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certainly been a push recently for, for physical activity guidelines to recognise that activities accumulated both at work and during the leisure time and that activity at work may be um, detrimental to health in some instances. The mechanisms for this physical activity paradox are not well understood. There's a lot of research going into this at the moment, but there's a number of potential things that might impact on this paradox. So it could be when you're manually lifting, and a lot of shift workers will do a lot of manual lifting, it can increase your blood pressure, which is actually associated with cardiovascular disease. There may be limited worker control within the environment. So heat stress, the climate that you're working in, there's little you know, that might actually then have an impact on your overall health. One of the interesting things as well, that it's been thought that it might increase inflammation within the body. So that's an important immune function, which happens when you exercise. But if it's long-term inflammatory responses, that's been associated with cardiovascular disease itself. And I think one of the other things as well is when we've got shift workers working back-to-back shifts or across multiple days, They may be doing eight hours on Monday, eight hours on Tuesday and and so forth. There's very little time to recover for those high levels of activity. In the exercise science literature, we'd call that overtraining. So our athletes would, would have those rest periods. But with our shift workers, they may not necessarily have those to recover. And again, that would be associated with um, increased load on the body. So I guess, and I I suppose this might not always be possible, but perhaps something that might change that is, I suppose, a greater break between shifts. Like how long would you need to recover from an eight hour being on your feet type shift? That's something that the research is trying to to uncover at the moment. We we, we just don't know how long you need between shifts. So I know there's been some studies that have looked at ways of managing shifts and rostering shifts to see if you've had a particularly heavy load, whether that the following day it might be a slightly lighter load. And it might be that the intensities of the activities, so if you've had a vigorous day, it might be less vigorous the following day. But hopefully that new knowledge will, will start to appear over the next few years. Yeah, because that was also going to be my next question. The difference between lifting up a big bag of ingredient when you're on a production line at three o'clock in the morning versus lifting up some weights in the gym. What's what's the difference? So I think the, the, the key and what they're talking about in terms of the occupational activity is that if you're lifting up a 20 kilo bag, for example, that's going to be re- repeated across across the, the shift. Whereas if you're going to, going to the gym, you might do a set three or four times. So it's just the, the level and the repetitiveness of the types of activities that you're doing, which may increase blood pressure, may elevate heart rate. And those are associated with cardiovascular disease, for example. So it's just the, the number of repetitions that people are engaging in that may have that impact. And that's certainly what people are trying to uncover at the moment. So with with Steph Chappell's work, we were showing that the majority of nurses were meeting physical activity guidelines, but within the same literature, there's you know increased uh, risk of, of injury and, and poor health. So there's something that's going on with the activity that they're doing at work that may not necessarily be as protective as your leisure time physical activity maybe we've talked a little bit especially as it regards to sleep people's natural rhythms in terms of being able to learn what works for you some people hate the morning shift some people love the morning shift some people would gladly do nights for the rest of their life talk to me a little bit about like learning your own body rhythms when it comes to physical activity are some people different than others 
Yeah, that we, so we definitely see the literature that there are people who have different daily rhythms and when they would prefer to be active. In terms of the shift workers, what we're seeing for those who are new to shift work, that their activity levels tend to be a bit more varied. They haven't quite worked out how to pace themselves across the shift, whereas someone who's been doing this for a long time, there's almost like this natural rhythm to what they have to do. And if they, and we've, we've seen in firefighters that if they have to increase in activity in one part of the day, they can manage what's happening in the rest of the shift so that they can still do their job. So I think it's in some respects what we're seeing, it, there, there's a natural response to it, but there's also an element of they're learning how to manage that time. That's really interesting as well because I think one of the things that we picked up on picked up on in terms of sleep and biorhythms and circadian rhythms and all that fun stuff was that there was, whilst there was a degree of adaptation, it, it wasn't completely total. It wasn't completely, in some instances, that people would never really completely adapt to doing shift work. Do you think that's true of physical activity as well? Yeah, and then we're certainly seeing that in, in the literature that the, the, there's some people who will, they, they know naturally when they, they, they want to be active, whereas with others, it, it, they can be active at any time. So those natural rhythms are important and obviously often at odds with shift work. If I'm listening to this podcast now and I'm a employer and I'm going, oh, that doesn't sound very good. What do I do? What's kind of the next step? In terms of the employer, the risks to the employer is if people are obviously with, with higher cardiovascular disease, injury and sickness, there's a risk of, that people are going to miss work. There's going to be increased sick leave. And I, there was a really interesting study done in the US that showed if someone does 75 minutes of vigorous activity a, a week, so jogging, for example, they're going to miss four fewer days of work compared to someone who's not active. So thinking about how to manage activity, a lot of the work that we do is in, in sedentary workplaces, we're thinking about how to increase activity with occupational activities where there's high levels of activity. It's actually thinking the other way is how to manage the activity, whether there needs to be rostering that's based around how much people are doing, opportunities to help people manage their activity throughout the shift. And so there's some different strategies that employers can use to try to think about that perfect balance of activity. 75, 75 minutes, what's that, 10 minutes a day? Is that kind of all that's needed or all that I should be aiming for? The recommendations are that 150 of, of at least moderate intensity up to 300 or, or 75 minutes of vigorous up to 150 or a combination of those. You want to be aiming to try and to achieve those activity levels every week. So as you mentioned, uh, for the vigorous, it could be a 10-minute, 15-minute hit session every day, or it could be a couple of runs twice a week. So it's, it's thinking about what's going to be that balance with, within the the available time that you have. In terms of the shift workers, though, what, what's really interesting is how to integrate that into your day because your shifts will change, your routines will be, be different on a on a day to day basis. So, there's a few people have talked about strategies that shift workers can use. So it could be that you do those shorter periods of activity. So it could be 10, 15 minute, uh, they call them 10, 15 minute snacks, like a snack activity approach. You could park a, a few minutes further away from work and, and walk, as an example. It might be that you try to anchor the activity to the routine rather than the time of the day. So that once you've dropped, let's say, for example, the kids off at school, that's your opportunity for activity before work. And what's interesting, because of the COVID pandemic, the increase in digital um, technologies for people to actually be active at home has really increased. So there's YouTube channels dedicated to Pilates, to, to weight training, to resistance training, your, your hit activities. So that opportunity to be active at home has certainly increased over the last sort of 18 months. What about getting out of the house? What are some of the other activities that you might recommend for a shift worker? 
So in, in terms of the types of activities people can do, um, when you think about physical activity, it's trying to increase that, that huff and that puff. So it might be that you're, you're doing the gardening, you're going for a walk, you might be going for a run. It, it could be throwing a basketball around at the park or, or a footy, walking the dog. There's all types of different movements that you can do. It doesn't have to be formal exercise. It can be activity that's integrated into your day that can have that benefit. Well, even things like walking up the stairs instead of taking the lift, parking um, one stop away from work and and walking in or going for a bike ride if you've got the infrastructure around you to do that. So, so, so many opportunities to try to build activity into your day. So, as I mentioned at the start, thinking about how you can snack on activity and build that into your day to have that benefit on, on your overall health and well-being. In terms of being able to, to provide some equipment or some space or something like that for your team, what are some of the things that you've seen work? I, I, I've seen some examples of things called, like, like for example, instant recess. So it's like a 10-minute opportunity to play circus equipment and balls and bats you know, so people can have that opportunity for, for physical activity like you know we did when we were children. I've even seen in, in hospitals that they've started putting markings on the floors and it's largely for the kids, but I've seen um, pictures and images of adults doing hopscotch up and down the <laughs> up and down the corridors when it's safe to do so. I've seen workplaces that had exercise balls and they would do activities using the exercise balls. You don't need a huge amount of space to do weight bearing and a little bit of cardio activity. You have dancing. People have gone on walking, uh, you know, doing walks as a, as a social thing during their breaks if they've got the opportunity. I've, I've even seen table tennis tables in style rooms, giving them the opportunity for that social activity and, and, and the activity. So there's there's lots of different strategies that people can, the thing is about being innovative and thinking about what can be fun, what can engage people in being physically active. In terms of encountering a little bit of resistance from people who might not necessarily think that this is a good idea or think that it's work in force boot camp, talk to me a little bit about some of the strategies that might be able to get people on board and seeing the benefit of an employer initiative like that. I guess the, the challenges are people often have, uh, when they think of exercise, they think of that formal activity and it, they, it can bring up quite negative connotations. So in terms of promoting physical activity in the workplace, a lot of research is showing that having a champion, so someone who is really driving and, and being that role model and providing that person who is trying to showcase ways of, of activity and bringing people together. We, we try to move away from exercise to more physical activity about general movement every day quite a simple message, but highlighting that it's not about losing weight. It's not about um, trying to to run 30 minutes every day. It's thinking about how to ingrate activity into your day so that it is what you want to do and that you enjoy. When we start to exercise more, often people will feel sore. We call it delayed of onset muscle soreness or DOMS. We can all remember we've done a big run or lifted some weights and then our muscles hurt the next day. So this is actually normal. It's a normal response to the body. It's, it's starting to repair itself. And the more activity we do, the better it gets at repairing itself. So that, that that's normal and something to, to think that it will it will stop hurting the more I do. But also it can help us feel more energized, that it actually increases our energy levels. It does build our, our muscles. We don't have to, to lift weights to build our muscles, which can in turn boost uh, the metabolism of the body. It improves our sleep. But also when we're active, it can reduce our blood pressure and it can also reduce our resting heart rate, which reduces that stress on the cardiovascular system. So it may, it, what it, uh, the research is showing that it has that benefits in the longer term. It sounds a lot like a physical activity approach to hiding pumpkin in the mashed potatoes. 
<laughs> if they don't realize they're doing it, it's better. Yep, <laughs> that, that sort of uh, sort of the, some some of it can be it can be a bit like that. It's just thinking about what people would like to to do and thinking about the, in terms of some of the shift workers, it, it might be more the, the social activity with the movement together. Whereas for for other people, they might want some of those more formal activities. It's really thinking about addressing what the workplace wants and what the work, workplace can do in order to benefit people's activity. So it doesn't necessarily need to be lunchtime yoga or something like that no it, it, it you know and it's certainly not uh we've got a 15 minute session you have to turn up it, it there's obviously that element of choice so um, a lot of a lot of workplaces are trying to think about varied opportunity or varied activity opportunities and there are um, formal programs so for example the corporate health challenge where you compete as a team for a, for 100 days so that there are initiatives like that as well that people can tap into that are trying to make activity fun and social there is one point i want to pick up on there because i think it's important that we we act as cheerleaders a little bit too for people who get off that 9 hour shift and don't necessarily want to seek out some additional exercise on top of the exercise that they assume they've already done by going to work and walking around for the last nine hours. Have you got some words of advice, words of wisdom that might make that a little bit easier? I think the the important thing to, to note is that, you know, we know that you're physically active at work and it is you will be tired. We've seen people try to manage their activity during the day so they can get to the end of the day. So they've done enough activity to, to get to the end. But it's, it's thinking about um, what activity can you do in your leisure time that may have that beneficial impact? So as I mentioned at the start, I'm, I'm very interested in sh- short bouts of activity and does that matter for health? So a lot of research says you should accumulate, but they don't mention how. So the, the research that we're doing at the moment is trying to determine even if short one, two, three minute bouts of activity, those short bursts can be beneficial. So that research is, is, is in progress at the moment and, and literature is building, but it, it may be that even and small amounts of accumulation will have those beneficial effects. Make the Shift is a podcast produced as part of the Work Well in Wellington Toolkit by Wellington Primary Care Partnership in conjunction with WorkSafe. This podcast was recorded and edited in Gippsland on the traditional lands of the Gunai Kurnai and Bunurong peoples. It was produced by Jet Streamer and voiced by Chris Plumridge. For more episodes, search for Make the Shift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. For more information about the Working Well in Wellington initiative or to download the toolkit, visit maketheshift.org.au.